The other night, my 19-year-old son was at the table and I was talking with him. I guess it was more talking at him because in the middle of a thought that wasn't fully expressed, he said, yeah, yeah. And uh, then I, I tried again and he's like, sure. And I, I knew right then and there he wasn't really listening to me. And so I waited until he was going to ask me a question and he got about halfway through and I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looked at me like, why are you interrupting me? And he tried again, and I interrupted him again, and I smiled. He totally understood what I was doing. It was like, man, you just got to let me express the whole thought. There's a nonverbal affirmation, and I appreciate that, but wait until I'm done with the thought before you really say, I'm done listening to you now. Can I move on? I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta, and we're going to talk about communication today, how you can help your child feel seen and heard and maybe a fun way to approach some of that. Uh, We're coming back to a conversation with Becky Harling about listening well to your children. Uh, She begins this portion of the discussion uh, talking about goals that she and her husband had for their children. You and your husband, Steve, had a couple of goals in mind as you were raising your children. I think this is really good. I I resonated with this in the book. Uh, What were those uh, two goals, and how does this tie into the idea of listening? Yeah, we had two goals with our kids. We wanted them to grow up to love Jesus. Clearly, we couldn't control that. We wanted them to feel connected to us and to feel heard by us. And that meant that was something we could control. You know, we wanted them to feel comfortable coming to us, but that meant as parents, we needed to keep evaluating and, you know, considering how we listen. You know, when you when you speak to that hope, that your children love Jesus. Yeah. Um, that is a paradigm shift in your parenting because then you won't be as intense. We need boundaries. We talk about that at Focus. You need the children to behave. That's right. that's the proper thing, but it is an outcome. Yeah. The first thing is loving the Lord. And I think that's a the absolute right first goal. Yeah. And then how to get there. So it's not behavior that you're Yes. aiming for it's the heart yes. you're aiming for yes. and then out of that hopefully the right behavior will be there but mom and dad it, it it won't be perfect and so don't expect that perfection but work on the heart of that child yeah. so when they're teenagers they're choosing more rightly than wrongly yeah. and then you could be proud of that i mean yeah. that's a good thing but but just to concentrate on the behavior is a mess yes it is because you know i always go back to the parable of the prodigal, you know, and Jesus' response or the father's response to that wayward kid Ah. really spoke a lot to me in my parenting journey, you know, because he didn't stand back and say, man, my rule's my house, you know. (laughs) He runs to the kid, you know, and And loves him. And forgives yeah, him, so and true. everything is about that connection. Getting it back to listening, yeah. um, it involves more than just your ears, the actual function of listening, because you identify several types of nonverbal communication that's critical. And actually, I think you cite a study in there that showed that 60, 70% of communication is nonverbal. So for those of us that think it's only speaking and hearing, address that issue of the other nonverbals. What are they? Yeah, and I think your child 
needs to see your eyes light up when you walk in a room. You know, I did once did a whole research study on how joy develops in the human brain. And it turns out that from the moment that child is an infant, when that infant sees your eyes light up to see them, you're developing their joy center. And I love that. And you can keep developing their joy yeah. center. You know, that, that strikes me because at least in my parenting experience and even being around other young children, particularly uh, six month old, nine month old, yeah. when you do peekaboo, isn't oh, yeah. it amazing how consistent they giggle and laugh at that yes. with peekaboo? Yes. That's kind of what you're talking yeah. about. That's yeah. a, that Just doing that brings joy to them. They're giggling. I mean, yeah. they can't express it. They can't speak to it. But when you show your face and hide your face and show your face yeah. with a big smile, for some reason, they love that. Yeah. And you're building connection with them because that bonding is happening in the eye-to-eye contact with the infant. Well, Danny, I loved what Becky and Jim were talking about there, uh, communicating with our eyes. I mean, we've all done that with little kids. You turn their head. Now, are you listening to me now? Um, there are some other nonverbal ways that we can communicate with our kids that will help them feel heard and, and even validated. Why don't you talk about some of those? Yeah, and, and I do love what, what Becky also mentioned, that uh, the, in the prodigal son's story, the father ran towards the son. It's the pointing of our body mm. and our going towards our kids that shows a love for them when we invest that time, but also our energy to go towards them. And that could be with the playfulness, coming toward with a smile, Maybe a smile and a wink because it shows that playfulness. Sometimes just a, a, a hug can go a long way with a child. And mm-hmm. just holding them for a moment and saying, hey, I, I love you. And that nonverbal of the hugging gives a sense of security and reassurance. And a thumbs up, a secret handshake with boys early on is a, is a big one. Yeah. Uh, but just remember, tone is huge. You can say things a certain way, and the tone of your voice brings your body to a certain posture when you bring tone. So recognize that and realize what tone and what posture am I bringing as part of the package of what I'm trying to communicate to my child. And if you bring a a connecting tone, you'll bring a connecting posture from your body and your words, even though they may be words that need to be said that may be more difficult, you're creating connectedness through your nonverbals. And that's just something to think about. What would it be like to be with me right now as I'm bringing this message? What kind of tone would I want to have brought to me? And what does my body look like right now? One exercise that I encourage families to do, stand in front of a mirror, and if you're trying to solve something, a conflict between each other, have each of you look at yourselves in the mirror as you're trying to solve the issue, and you'll see all the nonverbals you bring. And sometimes that can be a very fun exercise. Um, Okay, we'll take your word that it could be fun. And I'm just going to broaden that out and say, if you want to practice, practice with your spouse first and then on your child. Uh, That's just an idea. Uh, We have lots of ideas here at Focus on the Family to help you grow as a parent. And uh, certainly along the lines of today's conversation, uh, we're going to link over to a short article. It's free and it's really applicable whether your kids are younger or teens or even adults now. Uh, Details are in the show notes for that short article. And then we'd love to ask you to consider supporting Focus on the Family financially. Uh, Shows like this podcast are possible because of your generosity. Uh, You make the ministry of Focus happen, and you partner with us uh, as you pray for us. And thank you for those wonderful folks who pray on a regular basis. And then our donor community. Um, Sign up to be a monthly supporter if you're able to, or 
Uh, if you'd like to just uh, make a one-time donation, we certainly would appreciate that as well. Either way, support Focus today through the link in the show notes, and uh, we'll make sure to send you a copy of Becky Harling's great book, How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. Next time, we'll hear from Gene Daly and Lisa Joe Baker about how to respond in a Christ-like manner when your child disappoints you. Uh, for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the back seat. It's tough to be a step ahead. In full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.